And we have a missionary with us this coming Wednesday evening. It's in the bulletin. Please come out. Please pray for the services. Uh, we want to hear their burden. We want to want to see what they've been doing, what they plan to do. And uh, so it's it's important. It's a little different. We usually have a week of missions or a half a week, something like that, either Sunday to Wednesday or Wednesday to Sunday. And we usually do it in a different fashion. This is something different. I like different every once in a while. It, it wakes us up. There we go. Wakes us up. Did you see that? Right on cue. It wakes us up. And there's the bell. There we go. That ain't bad. Amen. So uh, when it goes off at noon, we're done whether I'm done or not. I know that. But looking forward to the mission conference. Please pray. Please attend. I mean, Sometimes a mission conference, people aren't, they don't come on a Monday night or a Tuesday night or, or, you know, whatever, because their schedules or they just forgot about it. But you won't miss them this time. Just come to church on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, and just come to church on Wednesday night, and you're going to hear the missionaries. And uh, we want to do more for faith promise giving, that's for sure. Well, Acts chapter 1, you know where I'm going, verse 8, and then we're going to jump over to chapter 13, and we're going to look at a verse. And we're going to get started here. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, notice the word both, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And then quickly, turn over to chapter 13, and look at verse 47, then we'll pray and we'll get moving here. Acts chapter 13, verse 37. Remember, our theme is about getting the gospel out. My message this morning is our divine assignment. The Lord has given us an assignment. He's given us a command. He's given us a commission. In Acts chapter 13, in verse 47, it says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light for the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your Bible, how full it is of this great commission of yours to the church. And Lord, this month, you know, we're focusing on what I believe is close to your heart. And I pray it will be close to ours. And I pray this message today will help us as a body in Christ that will carry your gospel to these four corners of the world, to the ends of the earth. And you promise, Lord, if we do that, that you'd be with us. And I pray, God, that you'd be with us in this service. Be with Brother John as he stands in the pulpit for the Deaf Church today. Be with myself. Lord, help us to preach clearly and boldly and with your unction. And please help us all to be attentive. Put aside things going on in our lives, something going on in our life, perhaps today or tomorrow. And for a while, focus on God's word together. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our divine assignment. We've been given orders by the Lord. And the orders were given way back here as the Lord was getting ready to depart from his own disciples. Back to heaven, back to the right hand of the Father. And uh, he, before he left, he wanted them to understand worldwide evangelism and carry out his work in his absence. And that's what the church has been called to do. Missions in evangelism. Someone has said the whole work of the whole church for the whole church age. Missions ought not be old-fashioned. I think sometimes in many churches it is. It's something they don't do anymore. 
They focus on a lot of other things, but doing what they're supposed to do. The number one goal of the church is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out daily with our own lives, our own testimonies. And of course, as a church, we need to support missions. We can't go to all the ends of the world, but somebody else has a burden to go. We ought to support them and pray for them and encourage them. Amen. The Lord's made it very clear that the work of mission is for the Christian to spread the gospel of good news to as many as possible in what time we have possible by any means possible. I, I read a few quotes this week thinking about Missions Month. I'll probably use a few every time I get up to preach myself on it. But our theme this year is impacting our world for Christ. We ought to make an impact where we live and where we work and who we meet. Amen. We need to make an impact on our world. A few famous quotes from great men of God, women of God, of course, there'll be some of those as well. Missionaries that are used of God. David Brainerd, he said this, I cared not where I live or what hardships I went through so that I could win souls for Christ while I was asleep. I dreamed of these things, and when I awoke, it was the first thing I thought. That's interesting. David Livingston, missionary to Africa, he said, I must go to the interior or perish. It was just a burning desire in his heart to go and reach those Africans for Jesus Christ. General William Booth, head of the Salvation Army. And salvation is not anything like it used to be, like many churches are not today. William Booth was a great godly man, a great leader for the gospel. And he said this, I am very tired, but I must go on. A fire is in my bones. Oh God, what shall I say? Souls, souls, my heart's hunger is for souls. And that's why he had such a burden for the, uh, the down and out, for the, for the person that didn't have a meal to eat that day or the place to sleep at night. And he started his missions, he started his outreach to win souls to Jesus Christ. And many people have come to know Christ through hardship, but through the witness of a Christian at the right time. And folks, we pass people by every day that need the Lord. They need the gospel, and sometimes we're just so busy not to pay attention to them. And we're so into our own lives that we're not willing to even give a gospel track when we could and when we should. In Acts chapter 13, verse 47, the Bible says, which we read this morning, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light unto the Gentiles. Now listen, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. That's our responsibility. The ends of the earth. And of course, our text in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says we go to Jerusalem first and Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the world. And that word boast, very interesting, means all at the same time. We'll come back to that. But please be prayerful and attentive to what God may be saying to you personally. This sermon and this month regarding God's divine assignment. Now, in our text, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 13, there's just three questions that we're going to try to answer this morning. One is, who are the people to do this? Who are they? How are they to do it? Get this gospel out. And then what are the resources for doing it? Missions Month Conference. Now, here's my first point of my first message. The people chosen by the Lord. It's you and I. It's those that know Christ as Savior. Acts 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both 
in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. Look at that word, ye. That means me. That means you. It means the church. Don't get this mindset, well, it was for those in that time. No, no, no. This is a message that throughout the whole New Testament is repeated and repeated to the church. God has chosen, listen now, this is important, not super beings, not angels, not super duper Christians, you know, that we think, oh, he's a super duper, I'm a super, no, no, no. Ordinary believers in their ordinary lives reaching other ordinary people with the gospel. That's worldwide evangelism. Not superhuman being, not a specific group. So that's for the pastors to do. That's for the deacons. That's for the evangelists and missionaries. No, no, no. That's for every Christian, every ordinary Christian to reach some other ordinary person that comes in and out of your life. I'm pleased as a pastor from time to time, people of our church, I'll hear about this one and that one witnessing that work. Somebody will come as a visitor from the neighborhood or work. Somebody will say, Pastor, pray for my friend. He's in the desk next to me. Or he works on the same line with me or, or so forth in those conversations. That's wonderful. That's daily witnessing. That's daily evangelizing. First Corinthians Chapter 1 and verse 26, the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church. He says in verse 26, For ye, uh, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things that are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his sight. Amen. Now we have to understand something. This witnessing, this evangelizing, this carrying out the Great Commission is not for our glory. It's for the glory of God. It's for souls. It's for people staying out of hell. Yes, that's still in the Bible. It's for people coming to know Christ as their Savior so they can leave wonder, live wonderful lives for the Lord in their time on earth. He says, for you see your calling brethren, the church, the saints, those that have this common salvation that is talked about in Scripture, we're to try to reach the ordinary just like us. And we need to be engaged in this. We need to be involved in this. We need to make an investment in this task given us from the Lord himself. You see, we're a church that believes in missions. We support a lot of missionaries. We pray, we support, we visit, we so forth. And if we're not careful, we'll get dull. Because we'll think, well, we're doing all we can. No, we're not. We can always do more, especially on a personal level. We're to be witnesses for the Lord everywhere, anywhere, whenever we can. In our neighborhoods, at work, in the office, in the store, the places that we fre frequent, in the hospitals and in the restaurants and in the factories, at the grocery store and the gas station, at the dry cleaner, at the doctor's office, at the dentist, at sporting events, at the park, in public places, anywhere and everywhere we go. The problem is we get a mindset that we only do that on Thursday nights every once in a while, or Saturday is the first of the month. Or we do that maybe every once in a while when we have a gospel blitz with the young people. No, no. It's daily living 
ordinary people reaching ordinary people with an extraordinary message. The gospel of Jesus Christ. If you look at the book of Acts, which is a book of action, the church's action in the very first uh, start of the church, the first century, second, third, and fourth, so on, was an active gospel. They were giving it out left and right. Now, it didn't happen at the first because he told them to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost, and they didn't. And God got to move him by bringing in persecution. He said, all right, you won't do what I'm telling you. You're not going to bring persecution in your life. And so the, the church scattered all over the world. And sometimes, you know, I wonder, we wonder, why does this come in my life? Why does this happen to me? Why is this going on? Well, maybe God's scattering you to get you more productive as a believer. We just need to be obedient to the command of Christ. Here's my question. It's not to everybody. It's... It's not to everybody collectively, it's everybody individually. Don't think of, oh, that's the church's job. That's pastor, that's Jeremiah, that's those deacons. That's the, no, 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 it's all of our job. Here's the question. Are you actively giving out the gospel? You. As an individual, are you actively giving or trying to get the gospel out to somebody? Amen? Second of all this morning, the plan adopted by the Lord. Now, the plan given us in Scripture is not my plan. It's not your plan. It's, some, it's not some college somewhere that's kicking out young people to, for the ministry. That's great, but it's not their plan either. It's the Lord's plan that he adopted for his church to carry out. These are not like uh, open to idea or, or uh, opinion. It's not up to us to say, okay, we agree with that. It's up to us to obey it. It's what we need to do. In Acts chapter 22 in verse 15, we read as the Holy Spirit ordered to place in his word these words. Verse 15, for thou shalt be his witness unto all men for what thou hast seen and heard. You know, we, you and I can't really be a good witness of Christ if we're not telling people what God has done in our lives. A witness is somebody who's seen something or experienced something or knows for sure something happened. Let me ask you a question. Have you really been born again? Where did it happen? What happened to you? What changes have taken place in your life? You see, that's what the Lord wants us to witness of. The basic function of a witness is to give testimony of personal knowledge. I got to change something here. A lot of you are falling asleep. I mean, I don't know. You stayed up watching football games, or I don't know. Maybe you have... Your sugar's going down, but everybody's eyeballs are rolling back in there. So wake up here. I don't know. Maybe I can do some cartwheels. I, listen now. This is important stuff. Amen. A witness in a trial in a courtroom can only bear witness of what they personally have seen or experienced or firsthand evidence of what they know for themselves. Do you know Jesus? Do you know the gospel? Do you know that your life has been rescued? Do you know that? Here's the question for today's emerging church. Do you care? You ought to care. John 3 and verse 11, we read these words. My, my words, God's words. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness, there was a group there didn't want to pay attention. But that's not the church's responsibility to get them to pay attention. Ours is to tell it. To tell them what we know to be true. In John chapter 9, 
in verse 23. The Bible says, therefore said he, and this is the man that was healed from uh, uh, blindness, and therefore his parents, uh, therefore said he his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto them, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. They thought Jesus was a sinner. How could he have healed you? Now listen to verse 25. And he answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that wherein I was blind, now I see. We are to tell people what we know that has happened to us. The Lord saved me. He changed me. He's blessed my wife and my children and my family. He's saved my husband. He, he's made a difference in our life. He's made a difference in our eternity. I want to tell you about Jesus Christ, and he could be your Savior too. That's the witness. How the Lord has forgiven us and how we received him as our own personal uh, Savior. The Lord's not asking us to make people like us, like make everybody Baptist. That's not the commission. I'll give you one. The Lord's not telling us to go out there and tell everybody about the King James Bible. It's not our personal set of standards. Go out there and tell everybody how godly you are and dress this way and don't dress that. That's not our job. Our job is to preach the gospel. Now, after gospel comes an important thing called discipleship. Going to all the world, preach the gospel, and then teaching them all things. That's part of that stuff, not at the start. Sometimes people that call themselves soul winners, the reason why they don't soul win is because they want to soul win the way they want to. They want to tell everybody to be like me. Well, if you're not an independent Baptist, you're, you're not right. If you don't dress like I do, you're not right. If you don't believe like I do, you're not right. That's not what we ought to be preaching. The gospel. Jesus died, was buried, rose again the third day. You can be saved. You can be forgiven. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Let God take care of all that other stuff. It will be taken care of through discipleship. But you don't focus on that stuff. You don't look down at other people because they're not just like you or expect when they first get saved to be just like you in two weeks. Come on. It wasn't that way with any of us. We got saved. We read the Bible. We started getting things out of our life. We started getting a priority list to please God. I love what Pastor Williams taught today. I love you should have been there in Sunday school. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. And, and all the reason why so many people do what they do today is because they don't want anybody to think bad of them or to think they're great. No, 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 no. For the Lord. Separations unto the Lord. Not, the, not this group. Not some hierarchy. Oh, I've been called a legalist so many times, I don't even care anymore. That's just foolishness. But I don't want to be that way when I'm giving the gospel out. And so we don't. Because we want converts of ourselves, not of the Lord. It's not good. And here's another thing. We want to go out there and argue with people about things. Preference of music, separation, the Bible, our creed, our convictions. No, no, no. Just tell them what you know happened to you. Because... Here's the problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You cannot debate with a lost person. They, it, it's foolishness. 
They don't get it. They'll never get it. So you're trying to show them how you, you got to just we're King James here and we're separation there. And you argue and you debate and you try to prove yourself right. They don't even know what you're talking about. They don't get it. They'll never get it until they get the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit teaches them. And then the words that you share with them, they give some light. They say, that's something to think about. But so many people just want to debate people, argue with people, yell at people. You say, you're yelling at us. I'm, I'm passionate here, folks. I'm passionate. We give the gospel of Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We talk about his love and his goodness and his grace. We talk of his mercy. We t- most importantly, we tell that, hey, he, he died on the cross and he shed his blood to wash our way our sin that he was buried. But hallelujah, three days later, he rose again from the grave. And because he arose, amen, ye shall also rise if you have faith in him and you're his child. Oh, listen, our, we ought to be witnessing of what we know to be true. And when we try to get with people and argue and debate and discuss things that are spiritual, we're putting the cart before the horse. That's ridiculous. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 6, Give not that which is holy to the dogs, neither cast your pearls before the swine. That's exactly what we do when we try to debate with our brother-in-law, our sister-in-law, our, 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 our neighbor over spiritual things which they cannot understand until they get saved. Now, if you're talking to another brother or sister in Christ and they're kind of going the wrong way, hey, that, 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 that's discipleship. Aaron talked about counsel last night. You know, counsel is what you, you go to somebody and you ask for counsel. Advice is something that, that you give when asked. So often we want to give our advice to people that haven't asked us. And usually people that don't ask for your counsel will not do what you tell them to do. I know. But counsel's different. Somebody comes, Pastor, can I meet with you? Can we counsel? That's a different thing. Concerning the gospel, they're not asking for our advice. So why do we want to debate with them about certain things? But you know, we can share the gospel. We can tell them about Jesus. That's our command. You say, but by what authority? Christ's authority. And ye shall be witnesses after uh, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you uh, of me, both in Jerusalem, Judea. And you know, preceding that, he says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. That word power there means authority. The Bible says that God the Father has given Jesus all authority, the right to. And he says, because I've been given that, I'm giving it to you. Now you go and preach the gospel. i never forget my pastor years ago did a funeral for one of our, one of our family members, and uh, the family member is quite elderly. I'll never forget this. pastor said to the elderly family member, uh, so when did you become a Christian? And the elderly family member in our family said, that's none of your business. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong preacher because he didn't back off of that. He said, well, if it's not the preacher's business, whose business is it? Hey, God has given us the business of not giving people the business, but giving them the gospel. Sharing the gospel, telling them what God has done for you. So in a nutshell, every child of God is to go about their ordinary daily lives speaking to others about their faith in Jesus Christ. 
Not the stuff that goes through discipleship, but that. Thirdly, the place indicated by the Lord. What is this place that we're supposed to do this? The people chosen us, the plan adopted, tell your story of salvation. And, and where are we to go and do this? He says in Acts 1, he says, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the world. And again, that word both means at the same time. Now, how can we do that? I can't, I can't talk to my neighbor on, on 10, 8, 12 Eddington Street and then get the gospel over in Germany or Israel or Africa. Or, I can't do that. I can't be in all those places at one time. But there are people called of God and sent there by the Holy Spirit. And so as we do what we're supposed to do here, they're doing what they've been called to do there, and we're getting the job done. That's why I want to encourage some of you. I, I don't know. I don't look at the... I, I know some people think that I go every week into the office and say to Kathy, Kathy, how many people gave this week? Give me their names and numbers. I want their Social Security. I don't say to my wife, give it all those records out and show me what, who's doing this and who... I don't do that. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. You didn't know that, did you? You thought I checked about it every week. You thought I'd go in your house with binoculars and go, ooh, what are they doing in there? That's what pastor does. Man, I got other things to do. I don't need to worry about that. That's between you and God. But I'll say this. You ought to be involved in worldwide evangelism. So not only doing it, but supporting it. What, a dollar? Five? Ten? Twenty a week? More? How important is the gospel? Amen. I, I, we are as involved as we want to be involved. We're as engaged as we want to be engaged. But we're to go and give the message of the gospel to where we live and get it all to the world at the same time. Now, I, I, this is more defined in the fact that both in Jerusalem, that's home, that's where we live. And then in Judea, that's our, that's our surrounding area, which would be the metro Detroit area, maybe even Wayne County, that's, that's, our, that's our mission field. Samaria, that's the state of Michigan, at least try to reach people in the, for the gospel in the uttermost, or maybe even in our country, America. We could look at it that way. And then outside of our country. But we are to do our own witnessing. Our own speaking forth. My goodness, we get 80 missionaries supported by this church, and we want them to give us a report, and we want them to do their job. But yet, I wonder how many of them sit and wonder, what is the local churches doing that support us? Are they doing any of this? Or are they just wanting us to do it? Amen. Well, let's move on. We have authority to do this through Jesus. All powers given unto me. The word power there means the right to, the liberty, jurisdiction, strength. Power of choice, liberty for doing as one pleases. We ought to want to please the Lord and carry out the Great Commission in our own hearts and lives. Amen. Boy, that's good preaching, Pastor. We love it. Thank you so much. I know. May God bless all of you. <laughs> hey, we know God loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
Because God loves us, you know what God loves? He loves the giving out of the message of Jesus Christ, his son. And he chose us to do it. He said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, 15. Romans 10, 18, Paul wrote, and I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, they're, they're, uh, they sowed, uh, their sowed went unto, well, I, I can't even read my writing, I apologize. Isaiah 49, 6, for so, for, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, and thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Acts 13. Now I want to talk about the power supplied to do this. You know, he said, ye shall receive power. You and I cannot do what we've been called to do, what we've been talking about today, in and of our own power. I think sometimes that's why we don't see much fruit. Because we're trying to do something. Many don't even try. And those that try do it in a wrong way. We're debating people, talking about things we shouldn't be talking about, just giving them the gospel. And then we're not counting on the power of God and the Holy Spirit. We're counting on our own system, our own power, our own thinking. Nothing's going to get done. Again, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so we need him. And we need to be in right relationship with the Spirit of God. We often fail in our witnessing attempts because we're out of touch, out of tune, and out of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches, and we know it. I mean, Bible-believing Christians, they know this, that the Bible says that we are not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, the Bible says we're not to quench the Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, that means to suppress or douse or hinder or keep from having maximum power in our life, but we do it. And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to take that message, that, that testimony, the Word of God re read for them or shown to them. He's going to take that and He's going to empower it. We need His touch. We need His power. We need His anointing. Jack Howells had a message years ago, fresh oil. Boy, do we need it. We need a, a fresh anointing of God upon our lives. Old Testament Zechariah 4, 6, listen, then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Listen, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We need the might, power, anointing, touch of God on us. Amen. I need it. We need it as a church, but individually. And lastly this morning. The period allotted by the Lord. How, how long is this supposed to go on? Acts chapter 1. Take, look at verse 9. I'm almost done. That'll wake you. Wake up, wake up. Okay, you woke up. You heard it. They ain't going to go ding dong, not till 12. I just gave you a wake up call here, all right? Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. Now, this is the Lord's ascension. He's going to heaven, he's going to leave them. He's going to give them the gospel. They're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he's going up. Watch this. Wouldn't it have been something to be there? I mean, man, that's awesome. Verse 10. And why they look steadfastly toward heaven. Here you go. Look, look, look. They're going. They're going. Watch it. As he went up, behold, pay attention, get this. Two men stood there in white apparel. 
which, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. I'm looking for him. But they actually were there the day that he went up. And they actually, there he goes. <laughs> and they're standing there. I don't know how long they stood there. They stood there a good while and they're looking up and they're looking up and they're looking up. And two angels came down and they said, what are you guys standing here for? Didn't he just tell you to go in all the world? Well, what are you standing here for? And so many today are still doing this. Oh boy, he's going to come. He's going to come. I think he's going to come. Nobody's doing what he told us to do. He is coming back. The world doesn't think that, but he is coming back. And buddy, when he comes back, things are going to change. They go, Brother Roger Henson, you say, when he comes back, he ain't going to be happy. But right now, we got a happy message. The good news of Jesus Christ to give out to people. The period allotted is, listen, it's not specific. It's not a period. It's not, you know, people say, well, I can give you a chart and I'll tell you when the Lord's coming on such and such. No, they can't. The Bible said they can't do it. No man knows the hour of the day. Not even the Son of God. When are people going to listen to that? So what do we do? Evangelism, then, is what? What's the timing of evangelism? Now. In our lifetime. Our sphere of influence. Our family, our neighbors, our co-workers. It's now. Don't be looking to these crackpots on the internet that give you a chart and tell you how you know the Lord's coming. That's all a bunch of Bibles, bullets, and beans messages. Remember Y2K? Everybody, oh, and churches around here mad at their pastor because he wasn't preparing them. We got to have more generators and we got to have more beans. We got to build, we got to dig a hole in the ground and go down there and stay with our families. Bunch of crackpots. Jesus said, occupy till I come. There's still a bunch of people thinking that. You know what? Here's, I want to help you with this. He's going to come when he comes. But we're supposed to be ready for his coming. And what we ought to be doing, we ought not be doing this, church. Boy, sure wish he'd come. I wonder when he's going to come. Man, I'm getting tired of waiting. How about doing what he told us to do? I mean, how about really getting serious about this thing? Amen. The period allowed is now. Until he returns, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall come in like manner as you see. He's coming, he's coming. No one knows the exact time. Matthew 25, 13. Where, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Mark 13, 32. But of that day and of that hour knoweth no man. Knoweth no man. I don't care who he is. I don't care if you send money to him. I don't care if you watch them. I don't care if you take notes from them. I don't care if you've got a certificate on your wall because you listened to every message he gave you. No, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son of Man, but the Father. Are there signs? Of course there are signs. Prophecy is not meant to be a clock. Never meant to be a clock. It's meant to give us a sense of responsibility. While we're here, here's your favorite word, church. In conclusion, 
In conclusion, we know we have orders. We know we have a commission. We know we have a command. We know that we've been given a mandate to what? To give the gospel out, to get out and preach the gospel. Here's a better word, urgency. There's a message today I want to leave with you, urgency. Now's the time. Time is short. The need is great. Billions are lost. Worldwide evangelism must take place. And there needs to be an urgency to it in our own lives. I want to ask you a very pointed question, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. And I'm not being mean. I'm not. We had a Sunday school campaign. That's great. That got people in the door. They got introduced to our ministry. Some of them heard the gospel. Some of them came to Sunday school and heard teaching from Brother Williams. Some of it had gospel in it. Some was just teaching to Christians. But they got here. I thank God for that. But we got done with September, and here's what we do. We say, okay, that was September of 2019. Now it's October. We're going to do something else. And I know Pastor Brownie's not going to have a Sunday school campaign for, for two more years. So that means we're, we're good. No more push. No more prodding. No more. So we go back to our regular, dull lives. You know, for a month, there was a sense of excitement here. It really was. But really, if we got that excitement in our hearts every day, we'd see more things happen. More people come to know the Lord. That's exciting, right? We need a sense of urgency about us. But I'm going to tell you what, even if the Lord does not come back in our lifetime, which I think he could, I believe in the imminent return of Jesus, come, come in our lifetime. I've always felt like he's going to come in my lifetime. Is he going to come? Is he come? Of course he's going to come. But you know, here's the sad thing. Some of your loved ones and families and neighbors, and they're going to die without Jesus Christ. And we need to tell them. Tell them again. And tell them again. And invite them and invite them again. And get them out under the sound of the gospel. And invite them out. To, listen, I told the men last night. These men's outings, these ladies get-togethers, the things of the church, the youth, it ought to all be about an opportunity to get someone to come. And in coming, they'll be to get the opportunity of hearing the gospel. We've got to go. I'll close with this. Go labor on while it is day. The world's dark night is hastening on. Speed, speed thy work. Cast sloth away. It is not thus that souls are one. Toil on, and in thy toil rejoice, for toil comes rest for exile home. Soon shall thou hear the bridegroom's voice, the midnight cry, Behold, I come. He is coming. Our job right now is to make an impact on our world for Christ. That's the theme of this month. Let's do our job. Amen? Let's bow our heads if we would. Every head bowed. Maybe there's someone here today that is saved, but you're not actively trying to give the gospel out. I pray that you would ask God's forgiveness and you'll do your best now to give the gospel. Not your arguments, not your position on things, not your set of standards. 
No, no, no. The gospel. Maybe there's someone here today you're not saved. And I want you to know the Lord is coming. And you'll be left behind for that tribulation period. So please come and let us show you in the Bible how you too can come to know Christ as your Savior. Maybe someone's saved, but you're not scripturally baptized. You're not really going on to follow the Lord. That's the first step. You can come and we can talk about your profession of faith and how you need to be scripturally baptized and how that you can go on and serve the Lord. Lastly, maybe there's someone here today and you're not in a local church. You're not worshiping regularly. You're not serving the Lord as he intends you to do and you could come and we could talk about it, we could pray about it, we can start discussions about how you can too can become a member of a good local church such as this and go on and serve your Lord. Time is short. The Lord is coming. Father, please bless now your people. Lord, some have fallen away even though they come to church on occasion. They're not where they used to be. And Lord, when your people are not where they used to be, they're certainly not giving the message out. Help us all, Lord. Help us to stop trying to convert people to be like us. Help us to speak to people about Jesus who can save their soul. Please, Lord, help us, Parkview, help us to impact our world for Jesus Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand if we would. Brother Tom.